As we join together for worship, let us come before Almighty God, acknowledging our shortcomings. Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spake in your name to our kings, our princes, and our ancestors, and to all the peoples of the land. Lord Jesus Christ, we confess we have failed as your first disciples did. We ask for your mercy and your help. Our selfishness betrays you. Lord, forgive us. Christ, have mercy. We fail to share the pain of your suffering. Lord, forgive us. Christ, have mercy. We run away from those who abuse you. Lord, forgive us. Christ, have mercy. We are afraid of being known to belong to you. Lord, forgive us. Let us declare our faith in God the Creator. In God we live and move and have our being. The God who made the world is the Lord of heaven and earth. He does not live in buildings we have made, nor does he need anything we can give, for he himself gives life and breath to all things. Prove this by raising him from the dead. From one ancestor he made all the nations. He set their times and places so they would search and find him, though he is not far from each of us. God has set a day to judge the world with justice. He has appointed Jesus Christ to be the judge. This is our faith. In God we live and move and have our being. Amen. I'd now like to invite Esther up who will give us our reading, after which please stand for a song. Okay, there's two uh, readings tonight. The first one is page 868 in the Church It's Ezekiel 36, 33 to 36. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. On the day I cleanse you from all your sins, I will resettle your towns and the ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass through it. They will say, this land was laid waste, has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were lying in ruins, desolate and destroyed, are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations around you that remain will know that I am the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. The next reading is John 1, 9-14 on page 1063. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, 
and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born of nat- not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. the history of the church, of course, so we're not doing anything new. Actually, we're going back to what the church has always, always done. And uh, with some of the people that I've got to know here, uh, we talked about, is this something that we could do from this church? Um, and we kind of thought, well, maybe it is. We'll see if God's calling us. And then the question was, where could that be? And I won't give you the whole stories, but it ended up at St. Peter's Church in Stafford Street in Warsaw. Uh, has anyone ever seen it, or do, do you know where this is? It's quite close to Warsaw College. If you know, some of you are married there. Is that right? Yes, in the dim distance. Um, yeah, so some of you know it very well, some of you may not. Quite close to Warsaw College, if you come out of town on Stafford Street, on your left as you go north, there's a big red brick building, that's St. Peter's Church, founded in 1941. Uh, but if you turned up 10 or 11 years ago, you would found a church which was really on its last legs. So the last vicar left, I think, in 2007. Um, and the word then was there will never be another vicar of St. Peter's. And the parish was suspended. They call it pastoral reorganization. What they really mean is, if you can't think of something to do with you soon, you're going to shut you down. And that was the situation that St. Peter's Stafford Street was in 10 or 11 years ago. So one thing led to another. We felt, actually, um, Maybe this is the church that we need to go to. Maybe this is the church where we can take a team and begin to make a difference, see if the, the church can come alive again. So we did. Christmas 2013, it was the carol service. I think some of you might have been there. That was when we launched church plant, the church revitalization. And there was about 30 or 40 people came from Aldridge. That includes 
the children, the young people as well, um, just came as a team just to start doing one or two things again, or begin the kids' work on Sunday again. And it brought a tear to the, the eyes of some of the old folk when they saw the kids running around. Um, we used the Patel link to run a drop-in every week. We have some very uh, needy people in a nearby hostel with drug and alcohol um, addictions and problems, and the work of Patel has spoken into that and still does. And we changed the way that worship was carrying on. It used to be very dry. Um, some very lovely and dedicated people were there, but they were getting on a bit, and uh, very gradually got the hang of it. And some of them now say, oh, we didn't go back to what we used to do, which, um, which is it's quite nice. So gradually, little by little, things have begun to change, and I could tell you lots and lots more. Um, it's not all about numbers, but every number represents a person. Every number represents someone in whom Jesus is doing some good work. If you'd gone on a Sunday morning in 2012 to St. Peter's, you'd have had some very traditional, very cold, literally temperature cold worship, and you'd have found 20 to 25 people there, mostly, there was one or two, 50s, 60s, but actually most were 70, 80, um, 20 to 25. And if you counted up everybody, the worshiping community, the number of people who were identifiably part of St. Peter's, if not there every Sunday, um, there was about 40, 45 people. If you move forward to everything that's happened the past few years, last year, when we submitted our figures, um, the average Sunday morning attendance was 71. And uh, the number of people in the worshipping community identifiably part of the bunch of Jesus followers, St. Peter's, Stafford Street, is about 130, 135. So God has begun a, a really good work. And I think that we've, we've got to the point that um, Ezekiel was talking about in a very different context, but still, what the revitalization that the Ezekiel prophesied as his fulfillment in Jesus and in his church. And we can, we can read it and identify with it, and I hope you can too, because you've been part of that journey. The land that was laid waste has become like the Garden of Eden, cities that were lying in ruins, desolate and destroyed, and are fortified and inhabited. Then the nations around you that remain will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. So as we look back over those years and we remember what it was like in 2007 and 2011 and 12, you can begin to see the Lord's hand at work from desolate and destroyed to fortified and inhabited. The Lord has rebuilt what was just about destroyed. He's replanting what was desolate. At least he's, he's just begun to do that. He's just begun to do that. That number of 71 includes a large number of young people, anything from 15 to 25 under 16s and quite a few over 16s as well. Um, many churches struggle in that. If you read the figures from the Church of England, it's quite exceptional to have that many children at a church with a congregation of, of that size. But um, that's been one of the most fascinating parts of what's happened. The most important thing we've done since we first went out with a team from here uh, was to start an Eden team. Has anyone who's heard of, I know you've all heard of Eden and the Garden of Eden, but have you heard of Eden as an organisation? You see hands going up and you're looking inscrutable as ever. Anyway, Eden is it started up in Manchester with the Message Trust 20, 25 years ago. Um, they send teams people, teams of Jesus followers, Jesus' disciples, into tough neighborhoods just to live among them and work especially with young people and in the community just to bring the good news in the ordinary. 
And um, one of the battles we had right from the beginning was to get an Eden team. And um, a lot of prayer and perseverance paid off eventually. Um, the, the name of the game is instead of us expecting people to come into church, most of them don't want to. Most of them don't know what it's about, haven't a clue what it's about. Instead of expecting them to come to us in our strange building, the idea of Eden is to go to them and live among them and serve them right where they are. Um, and that um, is what we have been doing, or what Gav and Jen have been doing in particular um, um, in, in their work. And that's exactly what God did too. In those readings that we had, God said, I'm going to rebuild, I'm going to restore. And how did he do it? He came down himself as one of us. He didn't wait for us to come running back to him. He didn't stand at a distance and wave and say, come over here. Jesus came down as one of us. The word became flesh and lived among us. The power and love of God became a human being and moved into our neighborhood. That's what's made the difference to humanity, and we're following that pattern. So Gavin Jam come from a, a newly established tradition, in, at least in Eden terms, of being the team leaders and of coming to the area two years ago, almost to the day, I think. And um, they're doing that good news work. Our, our desire is to bring, the, bring hope and transformation through the good news about Jesus to the community, college, and center of work. And the most important way, the most impactful way, is that a word even? I don't know most impactful way, I'm going to say it anyway, that we've done that is with Gavin Jen's work. So I'm going to get them to come up now and me stop talking because I've already talked about 10 minutes more than I need to. Some things never change, you're saying. You can hear that. Tell everybody what's happening. Is that all right? Yeah, great. Thank you. Amazing, really. Yeah, we'd uh, love to add our thanks for having us. Uh, it's so brilliant to be here. Um, we don't share kind of the history that Gav does with this place, but we, we really feel your support and really know um, whenever we talk about what we do, we, we can't tell the story of us being in St. Peter's without um, this church here. So we thank you for everything you do for us. Um, Danny and Rich on the back, I'm, I'm going to... Please may I have our photos on, is that all right? To keep going through, thank you. To, uh, so hopefully uh, a number will come up. Ah, bam, there we go. If you have, we want to offer an opportunity, if you have any questions about the stuff we're doing... Um, if you want to text that number, which is no longer there, but it will come back, um, I'll get that, and at the end, uh, we can go through some of the questions together. Uh, we want to give you an opportunity. We might miss something that you really want to know about, um, but we'd love it if you could. And just as we keep talking, here's some of the uh, kind of everyday stuff that we do on Eden. We'd just like to share exactly what it is um, and what we get up to and share some of the stories. There it is again. Um, yeah, I did notice when it came in, there's a big thing like, turn your phones off, and I'm saying, please turn your phone on. I apologize. Um, and on there was the Eden logo, but as it's going so fast, I'm going to get Jim to hold up the Eden logo, which um, is this beautiful thing here. People at the side need to see. It's called the Unfinished Wall. And um, when I first heard about it, I was like, why is what we're doing defined by trying to build a wall? Like, surely what we are here to do is to take down boundaries. Um, why on earth would we want to build a wall? But from that reading we had earlier, uh, it's more about building dwellings and cities and towns that are in ruins, the kind of places people have forgotten. Uh, we want them to be restored, these places that no one else wants to go and live in. Um, that's kind of the whole ethos of Eden, as Gav explained, Christians wanting to move into places um, 
that other people might not want to go. And it also involves kind of steps going down, because in the same way, just as Gav said, uh, God sent Jesus to step down into the earth. Thank, thank goodness that Jesus was sent down into our crud and our mess and uh, our kind of our problems and our issues. In the same way as Eden, we want to step into uh, places other people might not want to go. Which means where we live, uh, when Jem's mum, the first time she came to visit, like we, we left the house and immediately saw a drug deal in front of us. And uh, there's stuff that goes on where we live, which doesn't make it the most desirable place. But I'm pretty sure that Bethlehem wasn't the most desirable place either. But God sent Jesus there. And uh, we're just so lucky to be a part of it. But that's a little bit about what Eden is. Oh, that, that's a very important bit. Thank you, Jim. We are a team and we cover one another. One of the most important parts of the Eden logo is the crosses in it. You can, oh, oh, up there. So you can see the shape of the cross is emblazoned into the, our logo. Everything we do is because of what Jesus did on the cross. Every uh, situation we want to try and transform is because um, Jesus did that first by dying on the cross. And that is why it's so important. But Jim, how... No, not how. Why? Why on earth would we want to join this crazy movement? That's a very good question. Um, we get asked a lot um, about why on earth would you uh, want to live in a community that nobody else, no, most of our friends would just hate to live there. Um, but I think the simple answer is that um, I believe that we love and worship a God who loves justice and over and over again, his story is God just transforming people's lives and places. And as part of Eden, we are just so privileged to get to be a part of that. Um, in the area that we live in, 46% um, of over 16-year-olds don't have any qualifications at all. And because we live there, we get to see that almost happening. Um, we see like young people struggling with school and being excluded and young people not understanding what their homework really means and their parents can't read, so they start to get behind. But because we live there, we get to be a little part of changing that and saying, come round to our house, we'll help you do this. You can borrow the laptop, you can print off your work here. Just tiny little things like that mean that we get to be um, a part of transforming people's lives and um, if you live in the parish that we live in and you're a woman you're um, likely to live 18 years less than if you live in the most affluent area of the country that's 18 years that is totally unjust um, and we just love being part of something that means we can start bringing um, little changes and um, yeah, 42% of the kids that live in our area apparently live in poverty. I think we know most of the children um, on our road, and I'd say it's basically all of them, really, isn't it? On our, like, on our key areas that we work in. And there's so much need um, in the lives of the children. And it's just heartbreaking, but because we get to be um, living next door to them, um, living just... Yeah, we see them all the time on the way to the shops, on the way to church, and just sharing our lives with them. We get to be part of what God is doing, which I think is always bringing justice and transformation. And we really, really believe that um, every child and young person is so valuable, definitely valuable to God and valuable to us. Somebody said to me um, earlier today, people that are from Walsall just think that they're not valuable because of where they're from and that's just such a lie and I don't think that God wants that lie to continue over 
that place and we want to see that lie lifted. So we really want to see um, young people realise their potential, know that they're loved and they're valued. And the other reason is we really want to see families strengthened. There's so much brokenness, um, families just breaking down and not having support. So we're starting to work more and more now with parents that we've got to know in our area, which is really exciting. Um, and the most important reason that why we're there is because we just want to see people come to know Jesus, and um, we've started to see that too, which is really, really exciting. So, yeah, it's just all about being a tiny part of what God is always doing. God's always bringing good out of bad situations, and we're so lucky, really, that we get to live there. And I think people think it's a, a massive sacrifice, but there are so many ways that we're just so honestly so blessed to live there. Um, like last week... I was really, really tired and really hungry, and I walked into my kitchen knowing there was no food in there, but feeling a bit hopeful, and um, I could see through the window one of our neighbours running towards our house, and she knocked on the door, and she was like, oh, my mum's just made loads of rice, do you want some? And I was like, yes, thank you. So think little things like that happen all the time, and it's just so, so good to be part of a community with the people that live there. Yes, and... Uh we said a little bit about what we're doing, but actually what does it look like in that kind of day-to-day -day life? Um, you saw some of the photos of some of the events we uh, have been involved with. But as Gav said, we've been there for two years, and maybe the first kind of six months was uh, praying and smiling, really, and walking around the area, um, trying to, to be known and to know people, um, just trying to develop relationships. We spent a lot of time, um, yeah, prayer walking around the area, praying that every every step we took would be kind of taking ground in Jesus' name and just trying to get to know people, always asking that extra question. I get the guy who owns the corner shop, like before going, asking about his family, asking about something else. With our neighbours when we say hello and nice weather, asking that extra question. And by the time summer came round, we'd be sat on our doorstep um, and people would just kind of gather and chat in the street and kids play in the road and uh, we'd be outside talking till 10 o'clock sometimes and um, a lot of it was just literally trying to be become a part of the community, trying to meet people. Um, but we also do, um, we've got some terms and some of the stuff we do, we do detached youth work which is basically youth work detached from a building, so it's not based in a building. We go out uh, on the streets to meet young people. There's a park quite near us uh, where we go. I take a football, and a gym quite often takes blankets and craft, and we'll go and try and engage with young people and families there. And the first time we ever went, uh, when we arrived, there was an organised fight going on, wasn't there? <laughs> and a massive circle of people watching it, and we, we didn't really know what to do, so we just kind of walked through the middle of it um, and asked, does anyone want to play football? And... Uh, Maybe 35 people were like, yeah, we'll play football. And you had so many people blowing bubbles and doing craft and just having fun. There's almost like such a, a hunger and a desire to do something. In the first few weeks we were there, we asked some young people if they wanted to come round for pizza and to chat. And then one of them didn't sleep for three nights because they were so excited about the thought of coming round for pizza. Before Christmas, we took a group to the cinema and uh, some of those kids had never been to the cinema before in their life. And uh, just such little things make such a massive difference to the lives of them. And um, we're, we're so thankful to be a part of it. Um, and it's, we're opportunists. If anything happens, oh, your foot is sore, we're going to pray for that, if that's okay with you, obviously. Um, oh, it's your birthday, why don't you come and make a cake? Oh, it's my birthday, why don't you make a cake for me? <laughs> Which is... Um, we do that, we like that a lot. Um, if a young person uh, has been hurt, or can we 
see you home, and then we get to meet the parents, um, and we have to get uh, we get opportunities to speak to families and hear stories, and um, we've been welcomed into so many lives and so many homes, and it's just from taking those opportunities and wanting to be really present. And there's something very powerful about the issues that if I went into someone's house, the issues that you face in your community are the issues that I face in my community. I don't live somewhere and drive in and try and do some work and then leave. I'm next door. And um, that just speaks a lot into their lives. We've earned a lot of trust. We're not just people who have come in and have left. And at the beginning, people kept asking us, well, how long are you here for? And no one asks us that anymore, which is really exciting. We thought we'd just share a couple of stories of really positive things that have happened. And we have, uh, as Gav said, a lot of young people have started coming to church, and a lot of them haven't uh, necessarily known anything about church before. So when they come in the building, it's really exciting. Oh, what's the pulpit? Oh, what is these things? Why, why do you keep your drummer in a cage? All these kinds of things. And um, once when two of the girls were exploring, they found this paper chain. Um, we'd done a prayer evening months and months and months before and on it we'd written the names of people that we wanted to come into our family to be a part of this chain uh, to be linked into us and they were looking at it and they found their own names and they were like you you wanted us to become a part of your family and you were praying for that and we were able to say yeah we did we really wanted you to be a part of this and for them to find their own names on it was really exciting for them Um, and it's just one of those positive stories that helps keep us going Jim something else Um, I think I started telling this story last time we were here, so I'm sorry if you've heard the beginning, but it's an ongoing story. So um, when we first moved into our house, um, our neighbours had basically put up this huge, huge, well, it's not huge, it's a normal-sized fence, but it's really, really ugly metal fence to, like, divide our gardens, which is quite a normal thing to do, but it was really, really ugly, and they sort of didn't, it didn't seem like they wanted to get to know us at all. And we were at a conference, which we've just got back from um, again this year, called Proximity, which is where all of the Eden um, people just get together and worship and just find out more about what being Eden is. Um, But while we were there, I really felt like during the worship that God was kind of telling me to pray that the fence would fall down. And so I did. Um, And then... uh, Basically, I tried to get to know our neighbours. Um, it was Ramadan, they're all, there's two Muslim families, and I'd taken around some flowers for them as a present, um, and they wouldn't even open the door. They didn't want to talk to us at all, and it was really, really awkward. I remember just leaving the flowers on the doorstep, and then it looked like someone had died or something, and it was just really <laughs> embarrassing. Um, but then, um, eventually, the kids started to talk to us over the fence, and they said to us, oh, thank you so much for the flowers, and... There, they just started talking to us over the fence. And then one day, there was one panel of the fence that was wooden, and the kids started, like, shaking it, and they managed to lift it up, and then they just came through into our garden and started helping me. I was painting our garden furniture, I think, and they just really wanted to be a part of that. So they came through the fence, and we started to get to know them more. Um, And then a few months later, there was a huge storm, and the whole fence got blown down. And uh, it's still like that. We now just share um, three gardens between three houses. And we, like, have dinner together sometimes outside. We have, like, badminton matches together. Um, and we, we've gone on trips together. And it's just amazing to see that God actually did totally take away that barrier. Um, we have, like, a plate that we send them cake and they send us biryani, which works well for me. And... Um, Yeah, it's just been amazing to see those barriers come down. But 
more excitingly than that, we've been able to start um, talking particularly to the kids and the teenagers that live in those um, homes about Jesus. Um, they've got a lot of fear about um, demons and being possessed, and they're often watching like scary films, and the little children quite often get nightmares. So we have loads of opportunities to talk to them about Jesus and how he is so much greater than anything else. Um, and I think it is slowly starting to go sink in a bit. The other day they were in our house and we were playing I Spy and one of them said, uh, oh, I can see something beginning with J. And then we couldn't get it. But in the end, he said he could see Jesus. And I was like, where is he? And he said, he's on your head, which was very weird. But it's nice that um, <laughs> they're starting to think more like they sometimes just come around and, yeah, we'll just start talking about Jesus on their own as well, which is, yeah, just amazing. So, Cool. We can share another story each. But um, be thinking of any questions if you want to ask us. Uh, I've only had one text, and it's from you, and we're not having it. Um, so if anyone else wants to, <laughs> wants to think of anything they want to ask, just bear that in mind now. Um, the Eden Network is part of the message. Um, oh, yes, you're so good. Thanks, Danny. What a star you are. Not you, Rich. You, Danny. Thank you. <laughs> um, the, the Message Trust um, do this thing called the Hire Tour, um, where they've got loads of bands which are actually surprisingly really good. Um, and they went into different colleges and schools and toured around. Um, and then it would culminate in a, a big event which all young people were invited to. And we took our group, kind of our group from the street around us. Um, and on that evening, um, the, we asked them uh, what did they expect. And they thought that we were going to go and sing hymns. And it was going to be like a, just a boring evening. But literally any excuse to leave their road and they will go. But when we got there and some of the bands started playing, they... They're quite shy young people, but they ran to the front and they spent like a, two hours dancing and getting so involved and coming out of their shell in a way we'd never seen before, which in itself would have been a miracle, but seven of them became Christians that night, which was really exciting. And that's what it's all about. Jim. Thanks. Um, yeah, my final story kind of leads on from that. Um, we, since moving into the community, we've really wanted to get into... Um, just know more people in the area and get involved in more things that are going on. And one of the things that hasn't happened yet is um, being involved in any of the schools. And for a while, I was a bit disappointed because we just didn't have the time to do it. And then I started thinking, well, most of the kids that we know have huge issues with school anyway. So maybe if they'd have just met us, um, like first time ever in school, it wouldn't have been that good anyway. But um, we've got one of the bands that came to the Hyatt or actually visiting us later in June. And I was talking to some of the young people that we work with about how exciting it was that they're coming to visit. And then one of the girls was like, oh, could, could the band come into my school? And I was like, uh, I don't know, because we don't have any relationship with the school at this point. Um, and we just recently started with them, praying with them, and started to write down our prayer requests so we can look back every week and see how God is working in their lives. So we, we've decided to pray about it um, and see if um, Soulbox, this band, could come into their local primary school. And this um, year six girl went off and found her head teacher, and she actually asked the head teacher if this band could come in. And then the next day, I'd written a letter saying that, oh, it was all some of your students' idea that the band could come in and we'd love to make it happen. Um, and by the next day, um, the school had got back to me and were like, yes, they can definitely come in. 
Um, and then within a week, so we prayed about it on the Friday, and then the next Friday in the girls' assembly, the head teacher was playing some of the music um, that is by Soulbox saying, this band's coming into school. So it was just amazing to see um, some of the young people who have now become Christians and said, yes, I want to follow Jesus. Actually, they're starting to become like our amazing 11-year-old leaders. Like they're the ones that are going around saying, yes, can we like basically bring the good news of Jesus to our whole school in a massive assembly? Um, and it's so exciting. So that's going to happen um, in June. We're going to have the... Um, soul box is amazing like they're rap and soul and beatbox blended together and they talk about Jesus and it's going to be very exciting so yeah that's the last story cool did anyone have any questions you would like to ask us we thought we'd throw it open but it doesn't matter if not my phone has just gone off <gasps> Ooh. yes would you Pete thanks Pete Yes. So it's a, uh, Eden is a long-term commitment, so our post is for five years. Uh, we've had funding for the first three years, um, which, so kind of this time next year, that money runs out. Um, so part of what we're starting to look at now is um, look at applying to different funding grants, um, looking at uh, whether people can support us monthly or in one-off giving. Um, but it's the contract is five years, but we have no plan to move on from that at all, really, do we? It's kind of our plan for the rest of our life. But thank you, yeah, we've got, we've got a year's worth of money, basically. <laughs> yeah, some um, other Eden teams have now been in their area for like over 20 years and they're just starting to see like the kids of the young people that they have worked with um, coming into their groups now. So we have, it's definitely not like we're just going to be there for five years. This is where we want to, like, we want to make roots into that community so that we can see change happen over a long, long time as long as we can. So, yeah. There's a question here, Jim. Uh, what are the biggest challenges to St. Peter's connecting into our community and how can we pray for you going forward? Um, to answer the prayer bit first, we've got um, a newsletter which we send out kind of quarterly um, via email. We've got a sign-up sheet. If you would uh, like to support us through prayer, that is the most important way anyone could ever support us. We feel such a lift when we send it out and that people start praying on some, like really hot praying on some stuff. Um, it, the notice is, uh, the change is noticeable, isn't it, really? Um, and the challenges for St. Peter's engaging with the community, um, I don't really know. We've, we've been very blessed to be able to um, have a lot of good uh, rapport with families and young people when we just said, do you want to come to whatever, sitting in our house, yes, we will come do that. Their favourite game, they've started coming into our house and they like playing the silence game, which is where we time them for as long as possible and they can stay silent. And it was their idea, and these kids who are loud and crazy come into our house, and 13 minutes is their record at the moment of these young people just sat in utter, total silence. <laughs> so we, it's, we've had really good ways of engaging with the community, Sometimes some families don't get on and we've had some fights and stuff at church um, which have spilled out into other areas of the community. So that's difficult sometimes, uh, trying to be the peace between tensions which families have held. Like There's a bit of a history of uh, some racism and some tension in our area. Uh, so that's a bit of a challenge. Can you think of anything else? Uh, yes. I think one of the challenges is that because the kids are all so excited to come to church, they keep bringing more and more of their friends, but their parents don't come with them. So sometimes that's quite a big challenge, just knowing how to 
how to reach their parents as well and just manage that on a Sunday morning can be interesting but it's always good as well um, and and I think also just the amount of need that we see because we're living there and it's just the two of us who are officially part of the Eden team and Gav is also amazing. Gav like lets the girls paint his nails and stuff. It's brilliant and then they come to church <laughs> just once <laughs> but it was worth it. Um, and um, what was I saying? I can't remember. Oh yeah, there's just so, so much potential and almost with every child you could just put hours and hours into um, each one and that's really what they need to for so many different needs like help with schoolwork, help with family life help with growing in faith so just not having as many people in the area that we would like is probably the biggest challenge really and knowing what to focus on so prayer for wisdom to know which areas to really tackle and who like who to really invest in as well instead of trying to chase everybody all at once and burn out yeah because that's not going to happen and tied nicely into that a challenge we're we're team leaders um and our team at the moment consists of each other, so we just lead each other. But the Eden model is supposed to be one team leader who oversees a team. And those are people who move into the area, um, live in the area. They're part of the church. Every team is partnered with the church. Um, but they would do their normal uh, everyday job. They would uh, do life as normal, but they'd give a few hours a week uh, to some of our youth work or something. But the most important thing is they would move into the area, do that kind of downward mobility, that stepping down into a different area. Um, and one of our biggest challenges is we don't have a team, but um, people are coming along. Um, that is kind of moving. And I've just got a text about do you train or disciple other young people to work with you? That's kind of what the team model is uh, kind of moving towards, people being part of our team. Um, but young people especially, we know that some of the kind of 10, 11 year olds we're working with now, in a few years' time, they're going to be our young leaders. Or they already are, but they're going to be real people who are changing the world. And that discipling is actually something we have a massive heart for and really want to start doing, which is interesting when you've got young people who have only just really started figuring out who Jesus is or are only just hearing who Jesus is. How do you disciple someone like that? How do you walk alongside them? And I think if there were four, each of us, we would take young people on one-on-ones and we'd walk through them with that. But at the moment, we're working at our, our capacity. Um, so we'd like more people on the team. Oh, yes, and um, the Diocese of uh, Litchfield did something recently called Innovate Mission which was available to any young people um, across any of the churches in the diocese. But I don't think many people got to hear about it because we were the only church to put people forward for it, which I'm sure that um, there would have been people from so many other churches. It's about how can young people explore what mission is, what are their gifts for mission, um, and how can they use that for God's glory. But that's happening again, um, and we are involved in delivering some of that. Um, and it's looking at how can... Young people, the amazing gifts that you have, how can you use that for mission? What is the, the thing that God has given you where you can go out into the world and change it in his name? So keep out for Innovate Mission. We'll, we'll let you know any more info about that. We can add. Um, I was just going to add that some of the young leaders that we do have, um, like from St. Peter's, are like the best leaders that we could have because the other young people look up to them so much um, so one of the young people that did innovate mission she started helping with the kids group and she's just so so good at getting alongside the kids and they are always like if she's not at something they'll always be like where's Saba we want to see her and it's just so good to have other young people um, in those like 
starting to come through as leaders because it, it's, they're just a much better role model than we are yeah. because they're closer to their age and they just get, yeah, they're cooler than us. So. <laughs> much cooler. Um, someone has asked, is there any way to get involved in the hire tour? Um, the Midlands hire tour has happened, but stuff is always going on with that. There are bands which the message have, which I'm blown away by actually how good they are. Uh, the Message Trust website is a good way. You can book bands to come and do youth groups, come and do schools, uh, come and do whatever. And they, they have really good music and they will always link it to um, Jesus. And so many of them have stories about how they're struggled with self-esteem or something like that. And they really speak into the hearts of young people and engage. Music kind of transcends all culture and all boundaries and um, when young people hear really good music, they're already interested in it. But yeah, the... You, We've got lots of information to give you at the end. There'll be stuff uh, for getting involved with the high tour there. And someone has texted me, Gav, can you come up for a sec? I think you're going to say a little bit again anyway. But one of the questions is um, about how much they love you and how, what can we pray for you? Um, Gav B still has a big place in our heart. And, it, and you do. Um, and you carry a lot, and we know that. And we're so blessed. So many Eden teams, well, every single Eden team is always partnered with a church. But um, no one... I don't know of others who their leader kind of lives Eden as much as you do as well. And we're really blessed by you as well. We're so thankful for you giving him to us. Um, how can people pray for you? Okay, thank you. Um, there's, there's just too much to do. Um, if we want to see the church growing and going again, uh, we need more people to do all the stuff. The Church of England is so good at ridiculous systems, which are cumbersome and time-consuming and it's so easy just to spend all my day behind a computer when I need to be doing more of this sort of thing and visiting people properly and talking to the kids and doing lots of other things. So um, just pray for God's protection. Uh, lots and lots of wisdom which I don't have naturally as you know and um, um, more resources just to, to handle all the, the churchy stuff to release time for engaging with people directly. I think those would be some of the some of the big things you could pray for me. Thank you for asking that. Um, just to finish off, um, I'm, uh, we didn't, you didn't agree what time we were going to give us, did you? No, so we can go on till midnight, that's good. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, just in terms of response, um, I hope you're just beginning to get in the excitement and all the things that are going on. The land that was laid waste has become like the Garden of Eden. Cities that were in ruins, desolate and destroyed, have been fortified and inhabited. Um, if you want to see the church revived, if you want Jesus' name to be known and loved and respected in this country again, it starts at Aidlecky Road. And it starts with people like us, ordinary people, getting stuck in. Stir up in our hearts, stir it up in our hearts, Lord, a passion for your name. If we're going to see this nation turned again, the rest of the world... It's coming to grips with God and with Jesus. It's only in the West. It's only in our country. If we want to see the name of Jesus lifted high and respected, hallowed be God's name. If we want to see that, pray for God to stir up in your heart a passion for his name and maybe that impetus to go out, to move into the neighborhood as Jesus did first of all and as many like Gavin Jem since have done and are doing. Count the cost, they say, moving into a, a tough neighborhood. When you count the cost, factor in what you gain. You gain the kingdom of God. You gain seeing people's lives change. You see, you see broken people being made well again. You see everything that God and Jesus did coming alive in front of your eyes. 
Count the cost. Get stuck in. You won't be disappointed. Three ways you can, you can help. PPP, you've probably heard me say this before. Um, please do pray. Thank you for all those prayers that we have had. I think there's a, there's a mailing list with a board which we'll hand around at the end. Stay in touch with what's happening. Come and visit. Get Gavin Gem's newsletter and pray as often as you remember. Please, please cover us with prayer. Um, the second one is pounds. Um, I, I want to say the difficult bit because I think it's a bit embarrassing for Gavin Gem to stand up and say, give us your money. But it needs to be said um, that... The, the initial funding came half from Eden and half from the Diocese Growth Fund and St Peter's combined, mostly from the Growth Fund. That runs out in a year's time. And we need people um, who are willing to invest some finance into this. Now, hear me. I'm not asking you to give up your contributions to this church. I haven't seen the balance sheet, but I'm pretty sure you need every penny that's coming in because you need the money coming in week by week. I'm not saying don't give to this church and give to us instead. Please give what you can to this church. Please buy lots of cake because uh, YF Camp is so important and so wonderful. And I'll give you a donation and maybe I'll get a cake, I don't know, later on. Please carry on your giving. Those of you that do, um, it's part of your responsibility for this church, I know. Maybe, maybe some of you can afford to, to invest into Gavin Gem's work and into raising a team, if you can. We'd be very grateful. Um, regular giving is just the best way to do this. We're hoping for some really big, rich givers, and we're hoping for some medium givers, and some people who will just give £5 or £10 or £2 a month or whatever it is, all building up a pyramid of support so as Gavin Jem can carry on this work. Again, um, there's some forms which we can give to you at the end for you to, to sign up, and if you want to do a standing order or something like that, and you can gift aid. Um, please do that. The form is there. Put on a reference giving Eden in your name. That would be wonderful. Um, that will help continue this work. It's only just begun. That's the thing. It's, it's been quite a few years, but it's only just begun. There's more to do. If you can, don't stop giving to this church, whatever you do, because the money's needed here for all the work that's going on here. But if you are in a position to support the work of Eden in Walsall, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated as well. The third thing, people. The word became flesh and moved into the neighbourhood. Count the cost, I've talked about that. It may be that um, you are someone or you know someone who's wondering what to do next. You have got some of that passion in your heart. You know someone who has. How can I serve God best in my generation? Why not become part of an Eden team? You can live in Lecky Road or Stafford Street and you can be in Birmingham in 20 minutes on the train. You can do a professional job somewhere in the region and you can give six hours a week community work and, and be part of the local church, St. Peter's. If that's you, it might be in Walsall, it could be somewhere else as well. This work is going on increasingly around the country. We need more Eden teams in more locations. Could it be you? I'm sure it could. Again, we've got some information. Um, there's some, the Eden newsletters with an article about Gavin Jem's work, uh, which are, there's, there's loads and loads of them. I brought one up, I don't know where I've put it. Badly organised as ever, there it is. Uh, some of these with Danielle Strickland on the front. Um, find out more, and um, if Eden Walsall appears, appeals, talk to Gavin Jem. If Eden somewhere else appeals, talk to the organisation. There is something there. Please come and visit. Those are the three Ps, prayer, pounds and people. Um, but come and visit any time. You're all welcome to St Peter's. Again, I'm not trying to take anyone away from here, uh, but... Some of you do visit, and it's lovely when you do. Uh, there's a couple of special services coming up. One on the 27th of May in the morning. That is one devoted again to the work of Eden. Uh, so if you want to find out more, uh, Harpers 10 at St Peter's and, and Gavin Jem will be leading that. And then just to kind of round off where we started, on the 3rd of July, still to be 
properly confirmed, but I think pretty much Tuesday evening on the 3rd of July, the Bishop of Lichfield is coming because um, the suspension of the benefice has been lifted and that means we're a normal parish church again. And I think that is just testimony to what you've done and what lots of other people have done. That we've done enough. God has worked through a bunch of people who just came together and did what they could with what they've got. We've got to the point where we can start again as a, a normal parish church, if there is such a thing. I get to be the vicar. I hope it doesn't mean I have to dress up, but you never know. But that's not the, that's not the bit. No one will notice the difference. But underneath, something has changed. A church that was going to be closed, a church where they said there would never be another vicar, a church where they were expecting the building to be sold off, has changed by the grace of God and the hard work of lots of people. And um, the Bishop of Litchfield is coming on, I think, on Tuesday the 3rd of July uh, for some sort of installation, boxing ceremony, or whatever they do. They're going to come and do that. Uh, you are invited to that as well. And it's a celebration of what God has done and what we can do when we get a passion for his name in our hearts. Be the kingdom where you are, wherever God has put you. You can bring the good news about Jesus to people around you just by the way you live and what you say and what you invite them to. Be the kingdom of God. Jesus is with you. Let him work in you. If you haven't got that passion yet, let him work in you. He would love to raise you up. Shall we pray together? Father God, thank you for faithfully raising your church. Thank you that nothing can stand against the church, that um, the gates of hell will crumble before your church, Lord Jesus, that you are raising up, that you died for, that you rose for. Thank you for coming among us and being one of us, Lord Jesus. We ask you into our hearts again now to forgive, to raise up, and to send out. Show us in the quiet, Lord, where you would have us work this week. A word for someone that no one else wants to talk to. A good work that will help support a community, or a young person, or an old person, or just a family member. Help us to choose to be the kingdom wherever you have put us, Lord. And give us the grace to follow where you lead, knowing that you encourage us to bring us joy and fulfillment in life, whatever the difficulties. Raise us up, Lord. Stir up in our hearts a passion for your name. Fill us with your spirit and send us out to live and work for your praise and your glory. Amen.